Today's show is sponsored by Black Star Line Cigars, where cigars are a daily operation. Shop custom blend cigars, infused cigars, and other products at www.blackstarline.shop. This is Faith, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Over Everything podcast, where I cover everything, whether it's pop culture, religion, politics, relationships, fashion, beauty, entertainment, black culture, whatever is on your hearts and minds, we are talking about it on the show. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode available on all your favorite streaming platforms and enjoy the show. All right, what's up? Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Faith Over Everything podcast. And tonight, okay, I have what she will be one day. I believe I will see her getting an Oscar one day. Okay, we're just, I mean, she's going to be on all the big stages because she's amazing. But I have the one and the only, not only is she a TSU alum, she is an amazing actress. She is an educator. She is a coach. She's a business owner. Everybody, welcome Tracy Bonner to the show. Yay! What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, everybody? Girl, thank you so much. I know you are hella busy, so thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. And thank you for I, having me. Absolutely. I wanted to highlight people that I follow that, you know, inspire people, obviously people that that went to TSU. Right. And um, I've just followed your journey. And I mean, every time I see you on the screen, you just blow it out of the water. I'm just so excited. So I see, you know, how we, you follow people and see a little bit of what they do online. So I was like, I got to have Tracy on the show. So thank you again. I appreciate this. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of, t- you do so much. Walk us through, okay, the journey to becoming who you are today. If if you could sum that up, what would that sound like? Oh my gosh, um, the journey. Well, you know, at TSU, I was a an athlete. I played softball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tore my ACL for the second time my senior year. And I was like, what am I going to do next? Uh, and so Miss Kimberly Lamarck over in the communications department was like, you should audition for grad school. And I was like, audition for grad school? She was like, yeah, a couple other um, former TSU Tigers are at DePaul. So you should audition for them and audition for the Erdas and see where you land. And Quanisha. K. Marie Walter <laughs> Robinson, I believe it's her last name. Mm-hmm. What up, girl? We went on this journey together and we auditioned for grad schools together. And she went out to Southern Cal and I ended up in Chicago at the theater school at DePaul. And really, that's how I ended up here. You know, I did, um, after graduating with my MFA, I did a lot of regional theater across the country and uh, um, ended up in New York and Wisconsin, Indianapolis. I was in in Norfolk. I was all over doing theater. And um, my dad 
lived in Atlanta. I'm originally from Atlanta. A lot of people don't know that because I okay. grew up in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And my dad was coaching football after he left TSU. He came back to Atlanta and did 11 more years uh, at, in high school here. And he was like, I'm, I'm retiring. You should move here. You have an agent here. You should try the TV market because you haven't tried it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And um, came here and tried it out, struggled. And I quit. I quit acting and started teaching. I was teaching K through seven at the Cab Elementary School of Arts. And uh, finally, one day, my principal, Miss Hamilton, came up to me and said, "You know what? You need to pursue your acting full time." She said, "I want you to leave mm. the school." And I was getting ready to do a play at True Colors, and she was like, "You're gonna be gone anyway." So you might as well take this as an opportunity. And had it not been for her saying that, I probably still would have been teaching. And that's how I ended up pursuing TV and film full time back in 2016. Wow. So you majored in communications at TSU, right? Speech communication and theater. And then I double majored in education. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because my mama was like, you want to be a what? You you don't want to be no actor. <laughs> you, <laughs> you better get a plan B. Right, so right. I did that. Yeah. How did you juggle being a student athlete? Because and I didn't even know until I kind of did a little research that you were like a big time softball player. Like, how did you juggle classes and sports? My mother, uh, my mom was the dean of education at the time at Middle Tennessee State University. And so every summer, even the summer um, before I started at TSU, she put me in like 12 hours of courses, education courses. So I took the majority of my education courses at MTSU every summer. So that's how I was able to have like 12 hours a semester. Right. You know, just the minimum hours. Right. Because I, I, I would go every summer. Wow, that was smart. Yeah. I mean, you were busy, though. That's how I did it. <laughs> that's how I did it, you know. So, like, so you've been doing your television and film career full time. What has that been like for you? Like, how did you, were you nervous to jump out there? Like, tell us about that. You know what? I just didn't think I was qualified to do TV and film because coming from the theater, uh, we're very, uh, a lot of casting directors would say, you're too big, bring it down, you know, contain it, you know? And I'm like, well, this is who I am, you know? And um, I was like, you know what? I don't think this TV and film is gonna gonna work out. So I, I just didn't think I was qualified, but I took on the challenge. Most of my life, anything, I couldn't do or anything I failed at, I immediately, my mind would, I would get obsessed with it, with trying to figure it out. Like I don't go to sleep until I can put the TV, mount the TV up on on my own. I can't go to, like I only focused on, okay, so they self-tape in Atlanta. What the hell is that? I had to learn how to do it. I bought all my equipment. I learned how to edit, you know, taught myself how to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I got good at that, and and of course, with anything, the more you do it, the better you become. Right. And so I just had to not be afraid of failing because I failed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so just welcoming the, the failures and um, 
growing from them. Mm. Yeah. How did you land your first television film performance? <laughs> it's so funny. My first ever TV film gig was uh, the Fox TV show Prison Break. Okay. Uh, I was fresh out of grad school <laughs> and uh, I had one word. The audition was, uh, I said five, the number five, right? <laughs> and it made me a must join in SAG. Um, here in Atlanta, you it's a right to work state. You don't have to be a part of the union, but in Chicago, you had to join the union. So that was my first ever gig. And then right after that, I booked a Prilosec OTC commercial. And I was like, I'm finna be famous. <laughs> Everybody is going to see this. I'm about to blow up, Shuei. And that's not what like it has to be a constant grind like i know you have an agent right does he i'm assuming he gets paid to do all the grinding and back and forth you tell me how that works do you network with people do you both network with people or do you just kind of wait to get calls kind of both um and this is something they don't teach you in school um you are a business so you have to sometimes you're seeking the opportunities and then your agent is also seeking the opportunities for you um and if you have a manager they're um doing some pr stuff for you they're you know pitching you to casting directors like this person will be great for this uh, opportunity you gotta see her so it's kind of both okay. um in acting we can self-submit we can go on actors access and self-submit um we can go on general auditions if we're doing theater um and kind of get our names out there that way um but yeah it's it's a dual it's duality in this you're you're always going to be or you should always be a part of that process you shouldn't just wait on someone to do it for you okay yeah. and then um I was gonna ask, I kind of lost my train of thought, but I wanted to ask so far, what's been your, do you have a favorite role that you play? Because hold on, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. She has been in, okay. Raising Dion. She's been in Sweet Magnolia, Black Lightning. Girl, let me tell you, you be killing these roles. <laughs> like my husband, like even tonight, he's like, um, who's on the podcast? I said, Tracy. He was like, oh, yeah, remember her? We see her on this, that show. I was like, I know, right? I mean, you you kill it. So I know you've had more roles. I know you've done theater. You've done both. What have, Do you have a favorite, favorite role that you've played so far? Um, in theater, I played Camay in The Mountaintop, which uh, is about Dr. King's last night uh, before his assassination. Um, and so that was my... I, I actually quit before I quit. So I quit before I did that role. And then it came to me as a two-hander. And that was probably the most challenging play I'd ever done. But it, I tell the director, Courtney Sale, all the time, that play saved my life and it saved my career. Mm -hmm. um, I was suicidal um, right before that. I had gone through a bad breakup and I had really... Um, was like, I give up, you know, I'm, I'm tired uh, of grinding. I'm tired of feeling rejected. And so I give up and then I did this play. And once I did it, I said, I can do anything. Mm 
Mm. Uh, you know, and I felt terrible about kind of taking my wanting to take my life because I was like, I would have never known what I could have achieved had I taken my life. So um, that that play is very special to me because I feel like it saved me. Mm. Um, as far as TV and film, each time I book something, I just get better and better in terms of the uh, opportunity. Um, you know, raising Dion, I had I got an opportunity to work very closely with a good friend who happens to be the director and the executive producer, and I, I got to see things on the other side. Um, and Sweet Magnolias too. I I, I, I love the. EP Norman Buckley and um, Cheryl Anderson. Uh, she has been a great mentor of mine. Um, so those two opportunities, but Black Lightning is the thing that really kind of put me, I wouldn't say on the map, but it just helped to propel my TV and film career. Um, so, and, and then it opened up doors for me to develop really strong relationships with Will Catlett, who was a cast member of mine on, on Black Lightning and Nafisa Williams. I now uh, tape her. I, I do our auditions when she's here in Atlanta and it's just helped me to build a stronger rapport with them. So I think those three, but everything, like I said, Doom Patrol was dope because yeah. you know, I got to play something different that I would have never seen myself in. I, I got this film coming out, Georgetown Project, that I got to work alongside um, uh, Russell Crowe. And I'm like, That's dumb. I'm sitting here in a room with you. Right, you know, right. <laughs> um, and and I'm watching you do the thing. That man is a monster. He is a beast. I believe at it. what he does. You know, just so many cop shop uh, working with a, a newcomer, uh, Alexis Louder, who's younger than me, but I learned so much from her. Um, that's coming out here in the fall. So. You know, just a lot of opportunities. And I just booked something I'll be filming in Savannah. I can't really talk about it, but this is another role that I think is going to help prepare me and see me in a different life. So. Hey guys, I'm Shari. And I'm Sharice. And we are the Optimistic Divorcees, two happily divorced women who are optimistic about life, but real about love. Catch our new podcast on your favorite podcast platform with new episodes dropping every Monday where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Opt Divorcees. That's T-H-E-O-P-T-D-I-V-O-R-C-E-E-S. Bye! That's awesome. I was just going to ask, like, how do you like the switch from education to what you're doing now? How was that switch for you? Do you have a mm -hmm. preference? Like, where are you with that? Um, I do not like, <laughs> and I'm sorry to my babies. I do not like the K through 12, um, nine to five. I don't, I'm not a nine to five or getting up every day with the same routine. Um, and you're, you have to teach to the test and it's very hard to kind of have autonomy. Um, I love teaching now that I've discovered teaching at the, the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. higher ed level. Um, I've taught at University of Minnesota. I've taught at UIC. 
in Chicago, Roosevelt, DePaul. Um, and so that has really opened my eyes to another level of teaching. I get to do it on my own kind of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not tied down to a whole year of doing something. And I'm kind of like a teaching artist that comes into a classroom and teaches maybe six classes for a teacher. Um, and I like I like doing that and developing those relationships with those young um, up and coming actors. Uh, so that's what I like. Uh, but I'd much rather be doing being on a set somewhere yeah, uh, or on stage somewhere performing. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. Do you sing as well? Girl, no. no. <laughs> I do not sing. in the shower. That is it. I can hold a note, but I can't sing. Like, I know some singers like Amber Iman and Maisha Ooh. McQueen and, and Alexis, um, what's it, Alexis Rogers Ross. And, you know, like these people can sing, sing. Yeah. I just, no, I hum. <laughs> Uh-huh. Were you in <laughs> help me help me out with this one? Pogue? Is that was the was that the name? Or am I no, making that uh, up? T, no, you're right. T Pogue. I was not a part of T Pogue. I funny story, I actually K Marie and I auditioned at the same time. And I just I wasn't uh I, I couldn't do it. I they wanted us to we couldn't wear certain stuff and you know, I, it was just certain things that I just wasn't equipped to do mentally. I was like, I'm not doing that. I am yeah. not doing. You said I couldn't see my boyfriend. <laughs> you crazy? Oh wow, no. that's that's extreme <laughs> or extracurricular so, activity or yeah. organization. But okay, but but nothing nothing against them. They 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 were great, but I couldn't do it. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna ask you, but so I know you said you've done you've been to many different cities did you live in new york and la before or just work there and then kind of come back and forth worked in new york um i never i went to la a couple times just for uh an actor showcase la just didn't suit me my personality i am not i that grind is different it's too mm. expensive and i just i knew i didn't look like hollywood Hollywood standard mm-hmm. and I, I already went through a lot of rejection and so I was like I'm not going to put myself through that I'm going to stay my little self in Chicago where I could really just hone my, my skills and yeah How Bro. do you deal with the rejection of you know having to look a certain way we hear you know Hollywood actresses talk about that all the time about black women and the discrimination mm-hmm. have you dealt with that blatantly in your face and if so how did you deal with that you know no I it's so funny no one's ever said you're not Hollywood enough right I when I when I see the TV and I see who booked the role I'm like I don't look like that I'm not a size zero I'm not a size two I like my size eight frame I'm sometimes I'm a I'm a six I might be a 10 one season, you know, right, right. <laughs> I fluctuate, I fluctuate. Uh, but, you know, as I'm older now, it doesn't affect me as, as much as it did when I was younger, but yeah, that's good. That's awesome. What, what do you do to keep motivated? Because I could only imagine, I mean, we all have to do things to motivate us every day, but how do you stay motivated and 
positive in such a competitive space? Um, I think the, the thing that keeps me the most motivated is my taping service. Um, I'm on the other side of it. And so I get to see a lot of great new talent, young talent, um, some some people that I really look up to come to me. And so that keeps me motivated. I'm like, ah, like Danielle Deadweiler, who's playing Mamie Teal uh, in the Teal, the Emmett Teal film. Uh, she used to come to me and she taught me a lot about what I wasn't doing. And how I wasn't preparing uh, for my auditions. I mean, she would come in with her script written out, her lines and the other person's written. I was like, oh, you work, work. Right. And, 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 she, and she would come to me at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock after she had done a play. So she wow. would leave the stage and come to me. And I was like, oh, so that keeps me motivated. Just being around some really strong, talented, hungry, passionate people. Tell us more about tape service. What exactly is that? So in Atlanta, uh, self-tape was a big thing when I moved out here in 2013. I was like, what is self-tape? So pretty much you put yourself on tape okay. uh, for your auditions. You, uh, We don't go into the room as often in front of the casting directors. We'll send them our tape. So that's what the self-tape is. Um, and then, like I said, I taught myself how to do it, how to edit. Um, and I opened, I was like, hey, I should make a business out of this because my friends were coming to me and I would give them coaching and direction. And right. they were like, we really like, you know, the the direction you, you give. So I was like, well, maybe I should make this, open it up to more people. Mm -hmm. Opened it up to the public was a huge mistake. <laughs> and I'm glad I learned I learned from it because of the energies, the different kinds of energies that you can you can bring into your space. And I was doing it in my home. Oh. So I was like, you know, I need Definitely a certain kind of person. Yeah. So now it's it's I don't close it to the public, but I'm very particular about who I uh, allow into my space. For sure. But I love it. I love self-tape. I can tell. I see your little clips that you show, and I'm like, that's really, really dope. I didn't know if you were just coaching, but I, it's a, a, it's a whole package deal, right? Like you coach for, for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's for me, dope. some some places just offer the taping, you know, and then there are other places who are like me that will edit your film, uh, crop your your uh, frame, mm -hmm. and uh, send it off to the uh, casting directors and stuff like that. That's dope. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about, because as I mentioned before, you do different things, businesswoman, actress, educator, coach, mm -hmm. etc. Tell us more about Date Yourself Girl and how that came about. Oh, Lord, you about to give me a trouble. Uh -oh. um, I've had I've had so many men that are like, you know, you you single because of that date yourself girl. And I'm like, really? That that turns you off. OK, right. right. But um. I'm like, okay. I don't good. see why I that would though. I, okay. <laughs> I, I'll tell you why I started it. I uh, went through, like I told you, I went through a really bad breakup and uh, had some suicidal thoughts. Um, and I was like, I've got to figure out who I am without a mate. I don't know who I am without having a male influence in my life. And um, how do I do that? 
And so I just, one day I went to work out and I saw this rock wall in the gym and I said, I, I passed, I passed this rock wall for 10 years. I'm going to climb that thing. And I climbed it and I looked down. I was like on my first try and I got all the way to the top and it was, it was a mental thing too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I accomplished that. And then I moved here to Atlanta and was like, I want to try, uh, horseback riding I'm scared of horses and uh I was like I'm gonna conquer my fear Hmm. and I I started taking horseback riding lessons and then I went out to Indianapolis to do a play and I was like I'm scared of heights Uh, I'm scared of small aircrafts I want to fly in a helicopter Mm-hmm. And so I took myself and so it just started doing that, doing uh, things that I was afraid of, um, conquering those things. And that helped with my confidence. And then it just started to help me love myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to wait for a man to take me out to dinner or to a movie like I can't do that by myself or even my homegirls. I was yeah. like, I, I'm waiting on my friends to do things. And it just taught me how to do things and enjoy life alone yeah I love that concept I do I ask because I feel that and that's so important for for every woman for every woman to find your own happy outside of being in a relationship or being connected with yeah. anybody um yeah. as a woman who grew up with your with your father and your mother I always hear you know, people like to say, oh, well, you know, you had your father, so you're okay. Or you had your father, so you should be okay with, you know, you know what it feels to be loved by a man. What do you yeah. say to, to that? That's not true. Um, my father and I have a very close relationship. We are big, really close. I'm a, I'm a daddy's little girl. But people don't know my father was a collegiate football coach so he did not live in the same household with me um in my formative years uh, up until college was when my father finally when he coached at TSU but by then I was a junior in college yeah. so I didn't have my father around day-to-day uh, father-daughter dances you know they didn't talk to me about the birds and the bees and things like that I I didn't really develop the the relationship that I have until my late 20s with my father um so that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. um, my parents are still married um, they've been married for 46 years but I didn't grow up with my father's influence like I was scared of him I I didn't want to disappoint him you know you know he did not spare the rod (laughs) but but I I didn't have him to really teach me about men and the feelings that I was feeling and how to navigate through life uh, after a breakup, you know, I, I took it very, I, I would take my breakups really hard. The world was over. Mm. Now I'm good. <laughs> but right. when I was younger, I was devastated. It was like the, the morning, the a loss of a, a loved one. Like I would have a funeral and would really live there. So no, that's not true. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. Some some fathers are abusive. That's right. <laughs> you know, just because you grew up in a house with a father. So you just don't know. Yeah. 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 No, that's real. That's absolutely real. Um, 
I wanted to go back to how did you get past your depression? You know, when you were in that space of, you know, maybe, hey, I don't really want to go on. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want to do this anymore. How did you get past that? Like, did you go to therapy? What were what worked for you? Well, initially, no, I didn't go to therapy. Um, I moved to Atlanta and started substitute teaching. And that got me on a routine. Um, and But you know what's crazy? I started walking every day for an hour. And I started to realize that son, because if you live in Chicago, yeah, it's tough. Eight months of yep. you know cold weather or mm-hmm. gloomy skies. I didn't realize that that was a thing. You can and it can up. weigh on people for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm happy, and I don't know why. Is it because the sun <laughs> is out? Like, who? <laughs> what? It, and then I did start going to counseling. Um, I needed it because those old habits started to creep in as much as I was trying to date myself and empower myself, those mm-hmm. old habits with, with dealing with men would kind of creep back in and send me in a, re- a rejection spiral. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just, I had to see the help of someone else to kind of give me the tools I needed to kind of cope the coping mechanisms. I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, not I do now, which is amazing. I look back and I'm like, I have come a long way. That's awesome. I have come a long way. God is good. Yeah. That's another thing. I, I, I found a really strong church here. Um, and everybody doesn't go to church, but, you know, I had to find a, a a teach a Bible teaching church that really was uh, practical. Because growing up, I went to church. I didn't understand mm-hmm. the Bible. I didn't understand what the preacher was saying. So I found a, a, a teaching church. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, the church I, I belong to, uh, Buckhead Church, they did a lot in the community. And so I started giving back because I started to see you know, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, what I'm going through with somebody. Did I mean, feel how you feel. Right. But don't don't live there. Don't pitch yeah. a tent there. Yeah. And so I just started to see the things that they were doing in the community. And that that was selfless. Mm. And um, it just it helped me to see. OK, Tracy, feel how you feel, but don't live there. I love it. I love it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. I'm Dana, a.k.a. DanaMike781 across the social medias, and I am here to tell you about my podcast that is currently streaming on your favorite listening platform. It's called This Should Be in a Book. People often tell me that the things I say should be in a book, but I didn't want to write a book. So I decided to release my knowledge podcast style. New episodes are available every Monday, and you'll be able to listen to my insight on this thing called life, three points into poem style, minus the poem. (laughs) So after you finish listening to this podcast, head on over to This Should Be In A Book to listen and subscribe. Hope you enjoy. So is Date Yourself Girl, can people join or is it just kind of a (laughs) movement you created? 
like just to kind of encourage and show people like, hey, look, I can, like you said, I can travel, I can do this, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can find my happy outside of anybody else. Or is that just, you know, so is that like a blogging thing or is it like, hey, let's get some girls together. Let's encourage each other. How, How does that work? I mean, it started off all kinds of things. <laughs> I was bringing women together to kind of talk about their journey being single. And then that kind of, I'm one person, I'm a one woman show. And so that on top of the blogs I was writing um, kind of got taxing. So now I focus two areas on the blogs and I've hired two uh, bloggers that uh, blog contributors um, I might occasionally get in there but the whole point was for me to kind of focus on my acting but keep uh, the blogs going so uh, Tamara Rice and uh, Crystal Garcia who is a TSU alum nice. uh, are my are my bloggers and I, they have saved my life awesome. <laughs> and it, they keep the movement going Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one area, the blogs, where I talk about self-care, travel, uh, working fitness, um, uh, financial literacy, uh, stuff like that. Then I focus on giving back, which is my diaper campaign. I used to do several different things, but like I said, it's just me. And so that became too much um, backpack drive, East Basket Drive. So now I just focus on my diaper drive because okay. it's the one thing I, I did Um, before I implemented those other things. And so I do my annual diaper drive and I've partnered with um, the Atlanta Mission. This will be my third year with them. And I used to partner with Hosea Helps. And uh, uh, yeah, so the the philanthropy part is what helped to heal me as well. That was a part of my healing process, giving back to others. I I got to see how it positively affected other people. And I got nothing in return other than, you know, feeling like I helped someone or I made someone's day. Um, And that's all I needed. That is the best feeling. I, when we were pre-COVID, my church big, like you said, big on that outreach, feeding the homeless, clothing the homeless, providing, you know, just whatever they need. And it just feels good just to help somebody else. It makes your problem seem so minute and small Mm -hmm. when you really see other people like, man, this is like life for them. And like, I have no Mm -hmm. room to complain. Like, you know, it really magnifies your blessings. And, and I'll tell you this, some of the poorest people that I've met in this journey were the happiest. Hmm. And I'm telling you, God kind of started talking to me through these people. You know, they were happy in the in their low at their lowest. Um, and that changed how I looked at name brand stuff and you know being in the limelight it changed me i went to i went to cuba (laughs) and it was right after a hurricane and so it was still some debris and stuff and they had some pictures of some of the people around uh i went somewhere downtown somewhere and they were playing cards (laughs) in the flood like they were sitting in the flood playing cars and dominoes and they were laughing and i was like what yeah 
these people are happy in the poorest of circumstances. Tracy, you need to get it together. Hmm. If they can find a, a little glimmer of light in this, then you can find some light and hope. And you you ain't doing that bad. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that is real. Traveling is such a blessing in that way, though, because it does really open your, especially when you go to poor countries. I mean, even when you go to like, you know, these little islands and stuff, these people, like if we don't go there, they won't make money. Like, nope. it's just, you know, it's just like little things like that. So it really opens your mind up. Right. And and expand your brain to just really consider people outside of yourself, sis. Yeah. Like America is blessed. Yeah. For real, yes. for real. Like we don't know real, real poverty, not for real, for real. Yeah. And and these are countries that are going through like political wars. Yep. Yep. They, pol- they police. We deal with brutality, we but just- <laughs> Over there, they they don't play. So it's different. You're right. It's different. Count your blessings, folks. Be grateful. There's something to be grateful for. Now you've been in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. How is dating Mm -hmm. in Atlanta? It's uh, non-existent for me. (laughs) Um, Dating in Atlanta is is difficult. Atlanta, I call it the modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, everything goes here. Um, anything goes here. Um, it, when, and by anything, it's like polygamy and mm-hmm. um, uh, married men and women have boyfriends and girlfriends, and mm-hmm. it, and so it makes it very difficult for someone like me who's looking for one man to settle right. down with and, and just have a companion partner mm-hmm. um, it's difficult uh, because I'm not willing to do all those things yeah. um, I, I want somebody that I can travel with that when I come home well, I work from home but after, I, <laughs> after I'm done work right. working I can just talk to and, and share my ups and downs with and he can do the same and you know we try new things yeah, I don't get that. I, I will say this. I don't get it from men my age. I get it from men 10 years younger than me. And I'd be like, oh, the Pope baby wants to take me out. So we'll go out. But right. I'm like, nothing I can do with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wait, though. But wait. Okay. We are, well, I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. Me and too. Okay, okay. I didn't want to say your age if you didn't want to say your age. And oh, so I, I'm blessed. We yes. blessed. Yes, you are indeed. <laughs> so I mean, certain 30 plus year olds may be mature. Mm-hmm. If you found it's not one the maturity. Okay. It's not what? the maturity I'm concerned with. It is the uh number of women to men here in Atlanta. It's the, the temptation. Like there's just a lot of temptation here. So while it's fun, the first six to eight months, are you going to be able to be consistent for the next six to eight years? Like if you're like, if it gets stale to you, are you going to go see someone else? Um, And that's with any age. True Um, that. But absolutely. But I just, you know, I ain't into the same stuff that I was into at 32. Yeah. Just, you know. 
You're not there. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. What but I'll date them. I'll date them. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll go okay. out. Yeah, absolutely. What um what do you think the issue is in general with just, you know, men and women relations? I'm speaking specifically black, black men and women. <laughs> you know there's an issue, you know there's a breakdown. Like what do you mm-hmm. think is happening or has happened to now folks aren't interested in getting married or dating or being faithful? This it's crazy out here. Yeah, it's several things. Um one, a lot of men and black men and women were not demonstrated healthy relationships um, at home. Mm-hmm. So that that plays a huge factor. We all know that um, a lot of us were raised by single single mothers um, where oftentimes mothers had a revolving door. And if you're raising a son and you see your mom mm-hmm. having a revolving door, then you think that that's how you're supposed to treat women. I had an ex tell me, I saw my mom chase after my stepfather and I knew then I could do anything to a woman and she'd take me back. And so, so those, yeah, those demonstrations. So that's Mm. one part of it. I also think the vetting process has been eliminated because of social media. We yeah. think you see what I do on social media, you know me. No. Right. You know, we we don't we we text instead of communicate verbally. Mm-hmm. Um we don't really we jump into the bed mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and then we we like I, I really don't like you. I'm not compatible <laughs> with you. We don't right. like the same things, but Sexually, we're compatible. Mm-hmm. So we stay in these stronghold relationships mm-hmm. because of the physical pleasure. So it, I think that's those two things are at the top. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's real. That's real. And, I always like to ask people their thoughts on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have Kevin Samuels giving oh. us notes. And, and, you know, Derek Jackson, the Derek Jacksons of the Girl. world and Stefan Speaks of the world telling, you know, they're constantly telling women what we're not doing, what we're, we don't, we're not enough of. And, you know, so not so much Derek Jackson, but that Kevin Samuels oh, has He's gotten, gotten into the ears of a lot of men. Uh, the he high value man, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, well, just because you make money doesn't make you a high, uh, make you a high, a high value, value person. man. Yeah. Um, character for me, yes. uh, your character, what you do with all that money, how you treat people when you're making money. That is what I look at. And I, I didn't come from wealth, but my parents made money. So that's not something that is going to be a deal breaker for me i don't care about prada gucci louis and all that i i'm more concerned about how you make me feel and uh, how you were raised you know i'm interested in that yeah i feel like a lot of those more quote-unquote traditional um attributes are kind of going out of the door you know it's just you look at these comments on social media you'd be like what is happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got access to too much. Way Only too much fans. access. Pornhub. Mm-hmm. You know, we got 
uh, trapeze. There's some place out here <laughs> called trapeze where you can do anything. Um, uh, of course, the strip club is just too much access. Yeah. So it, it is. It That's changed the, the whole landscape of society. Yeah, you're right. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it back in the day, like our parents and our grandparents, they none of this existed back then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now you got access to to see your exes online, to look at what's yeah. going on. It's just way too much access and it's just it's too much of everything, really, to be honest. Yeah. Instant gratification. It's just too instant. Much. I think, uh, and, and for me, it's kind of a, a double whammy because I'm an actor. So a lot of people don't understand when I date, they don't understand my schedule. They they think if I'm in a love scene with a person or I have a love interest, that that means I like them. No, that's not what that means. Do you know it's about 50 people in the room? Right. I, that's not how this works. And now, it ain't intimate because it's, <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> like, I'll, and a lot of them are not the best people. So, <laughs> so um, no, uh, it's, it's just difficult for me as an actor. You know, I don't do a nine to five. Uh, I'm about to go in here and do a voiceover now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so if I had a mate, he would just have to really understand I'm on call like a doctor. Yeah. When my agent calls me or sends me that email, I'm going to probably respond um, to it. So just know I'm on call seven days a week, 24-7. And when I got to go, I got to I gotta go. go. <laughs> but you and, think at this age, come on, like who no, wouldn't understand that? They don't trust me. Otherwise, I wouldn't still be single. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that. Well, sis, yeah. tell the people mm-hmm. how you can't. Well, f- well, are you going to homecoming? I don't think you are. Are you? Going no. To- I know you're Absolutely. big on like. Covid. I know you're very passionate about that, so I, I figured you weren't. Be, you wouldn't be going. No. Um, how I'm can filming too? So I got. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Um, how can everyone support you? And um, you can. Me? You can follow me on Instagram at v t h e tracy t r a c e y Bonner. B-O-N-N-E-R. So the Tracy Bonner on Instagram. And how you can support me, you can give to my diaper drive. That, like that's the that's the best support I could ever get. So um, go to the dateyourselfgirl.com website. Um, start I start the diaper drive every Black Friday. And so I take donations or I set up a registry and you can just purchase the diapers. And yeah, that that's the best way to support me by giving back. I heard that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, sis, thank you so much again for being a guest on the show. Thank you um, for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad our schedules could, you know, allow for this to happen. And you heard her. Please follow her. Please support her films, her work. She does amazing work. Um, and then definitely the diaper drive that I'll yes. share when I post all of the information on the podcast. So thank you again. And thank you guys for listening. And you guys stay safe. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Please follow Faith Over Everything podcast on the following social media platforms. 
Faith Over Everything underscore podcast on Instagram. Or you can find us at Faith Over Everything Podcast on Facebook. If you have any additional questions, suggestions, or would like to be a guest, feel free to email me directly at Faith Over Everything Podcast, the number one at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, and like on all of the platforms. I am looking forward to engaging with you guys and have a great day.